0: Thank you.
1: ERS radio, the knowledge station. You are listening to Motown Legends and alumni with Billy and Billy.
2: And we are live with yes, we are. Motown Legends and alumni with Billy and Billy. And Today, I know Mr. Billy Wilson, he's on assignment today. So we have wonderful Billy Tappin, and we also have wonderful DJ the TJ from the chat hello. Or
3: <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. How are we doing hey. out there? All is good. All is good. How are you doing, TJ? And Denise, I'm doing well, man. I, I appreciate the call. Um, the good doctor's with us too, Dr. Denise Katatis, How are you? Yes.
2: I'm good. It's always great to be on here with both of you guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
3: Talking that's about much, The three originals. The three originals. Yeah. <laughs> the three
4: amigos. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And,
4: <laughs> and it's all good. Yeah. So. Uh, let's, let's get sure. into the uh, topic, uh, TJ. Um, we had discussed the fact of one of the uh, the miracles uh, of Motown has uh, passed away. And uh, yes. you want to give us a little update on that? Because a lot of people may not know.
3: Yes, uh, oh, Ron wow. White, one of the original miracles, uh, Smokey Robinson, one of his best friends in the whole world, besides Barry Gordy, uh, passed away, uh, what was it, two or three days ago. Um I believe it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, a heart attack or something like that. Um, but oh. uh, he was behind, you know, he sang baritone and bass in The Miracles. And he, him and uh, Bobby and Smokey and, uh, oh, gosh, I always forget that the other guy's name. But uh, <laughs> Bobby was Claudette's brother. When he left to go into the military, Claudette took his place, who was Smokey's first wife. Ron White has been there from the beginning. They started singing as kids together, as teenagers, like 13, 14 years old, and they continued. Wow. They changed, you know. They were at one point they were the Matadors, you know. Uh, they changed their names, and then uh, Smokey, after high school graduation, he found himself working at it was Chrysler, where he and Barry met. It was either Ford or Chrysler, and uh, they became great friends, and um, Smokey knew that Barry had written "Reet Petite" for Jackie Wilson, so they uh, bonded over music. Smokey was a singer songwriter. Barry was a singer songwriter. And a lot of people don't know this: Barry White started out, in addition to being a box, he was a boxer. He also was a singer himself. You know,
5: but are oh, uh, you talking back about to Smokey. Barry Gordy?
3: Yes, yeah. yeah. Barry Gordy. Yeah, Barry Gordy. So, so yeah. Ron White. He sang baritone and bass in the Miracles, and he passed away. But uh, just a legend, you know, the Miracles, they were one of the flagship groups at Motown, along with, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the Contours, the Supremes, the Temptations, the Four Tops, you know, the Four Tops, uh, one group that had never changed personnel in 50 years. They had never changed. So, you know, and uh, uh, with uh, Smokey and Ron, and Bobby and Claudette, you know, they, they rode together till Smokey decided to leave. And uh, a lot of people thought Smokey wanted to go. He didn't want to go solo. Smokey wanted to write, produce, arrange, uh, and be an executive, since he was executive vice president of Motown. Smokey didn't want to wow. record anymore. So that's why he left right. the Miracle's. Yeah, he didn't. It wasn't about going solo. Smokey didn't want to go solo. He recorded songs years later. You know, he had Cruising was a big hit in the 80s. But that was because they prompted him to do that. You know, Smokey really wanted to just be a business. Right, right.
4: Huh. Yeah, and, and that's, understandable.
3: Yeah. that's understandable. That's understandable. You know,
4: for me personally. But Ron White think, was one of yeah. his
3: best friends.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I think, personally, um, and I want to give shout-outs to – not shout-outs, but I want to give condolences to the family of Ron White, and uh, rest in peace. Uh, That's the thing. That's a hard situation to go through. But as being an artist as Smokey was, uh, being a part of the group, it gets kind of uh, repetitious after so many years. And um, and, in them days, that was really the only way they could make any kind of money was doing their touring tour stuff. So it, more, it would be more practical for Smokey to actually step down and just do the the writing and things of that nature, so he can get some of the publishing um, and actually do a lot better, which we see that he has throughout the years by teaming up with uh, with Barry Gordy. So right. I think that was a great thing. Um, so a lot of people. Um, like doing a road man is a hard, hard job, man. I mean, to be there consistently, you know, every week going somewhere, that's that's a tough situation. That's tough on the body, you know. As we talking with Tim last night, um, Tim was actually on the road for a lot, a lot of years, but he stepped down a little bit to actually just be um, a bit to uh, be around his family to raise his kids. And that's not always the case for a lot of artists that are are out there trying to make it. Um, they can't actually do the, the two things, it's either one or the other. Tim was uh, actually able to do that because um, he had an education, um, and that helped him along right. the way. So, so plus he had jobs that now, he could your actually
2: experience, work with. But your experience, Billy, with Motown, how was it for you on the road when you were – singing with Motown?
4: Well, when I was um, actually working with some of the artists from Motown, um, on the road, it was it was all right, you know, because I was younger then, um, and it wasn't a bad situation. Um, but, you know, one thing that kind of gets old, uh, at least it got old for me, and I see um, when we look at different artists like uh, Philip Bailey, um, those artists like that, after being on the road for so long, in so many years, you want to take and, and kind of, you're not up for the after-party stuff, you know what I'm saying? That stuff gets really old. So you tend to shy away from those things. So that's why people right. think that a lot of artists are, are just acting funny. It's not that. They, they've seen this whole situation throughout their whole career. And they just want to just, oh. you know, these guys, they have families, you know what I'm saying? Philip has family, and the Verdeen also. So they just, Verdine is more still out there in terms of, of you know, meeting and greeting people. Philip, on the other hand, is not. He's not out there. Ralph and, and Verdeen is. But that's just going back to um, the industry fires at Motown audiences. Um, they're acceptable. Accessible. Um, I know that, that Eddie Kendricks is very accessible. Um, like doing right. some things. I'm looking up for him. That was an amazing situation. Him and, and David Ruffin. Um, yeah, both Reed, of those
3: rest in peace.
4: Yeah. Yes, rest in peace. Martha Reeves is wow. another uh a person, another talent back in the day and um I opened up for her years ago. And so um she'll be coming on the, uh, the Motown show soon. Uh we'll have uh Kim Weston coming up. We'll have a lot of different artists coming from oh, yeah. the Motown situation. Um so um hopefully um we'll be able to get um Elle, um DeBarge um, and a few others. As we as we right. speak, and of course, you know, Bunny will get her eventually. That's gonna that's gonna happen. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I I I'd like to you know give uh, hats up to you know hats off to um, the Miracles because that's uh, an amazing group, amazing talent that has been together all those years. You know, and yeah. it's actually without Smokey and the uh, the, uh, um, the artist that they had the lead singer. Uh, I think he did a, a tremendous job. Right.
3: So,
4: y- well, yeah. Well, I too, mean.
3: Smoking that's, those are hard shoes to fill. It's like the Temptations all those years, you know, with uh, when David left and Dennis came in. And, you know, I mean, each one of them, Ollie Woodson, they all can hold their own. But I think that's a tough, to me, you really have to be a strong, like you, uh, Bill, you really have to be a strong singer to hold your own because uh, people are so used to what they've been used to, you know, like I'm used to my, you know, I, I, I love the classic five. Don't get me wrong because right. I mm-hmm. wish it would rain is one of my favorite temptation songs. But for me, right. Dennis Edwards voice, I, everybody says David, but for me, Dennis Edwards, man, I, I, and Ollie Woodson, I dig both their voices, man. You know, and then now years later, Terry weeks. I mean, I, 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 I like that too, but, uh, you know, I mean, to me, the class, you can't beat the classic pride. I mean, they were the template. You know that they were the <laughs> show place, just like the Four Tops. I mean, Levi Stubbs, yeah. one of the greatest baritone singers of all times, rest in peace, my man. Man, Bernadette, come on now. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I think it's hard. I think it's. I, I, I don't know if it's hard for because I never ask the performers, but to me, it's like those are pretty big shoes to fill. And you have to have your own shoes to to fill that role because it's a lead singer role, you know, it's not the person. You know what I mean? It's a job. It's a lead singer role.
4: Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, and
3: I looked at something earlier
4: um, before we came on air, and I noticed something. There was a young man um, that my cousin had sent over to me. This guy, man, he's doing, he's actually a second Marvin Gaye.
3: This guy, oh, no. man, he's,
4: oh, man, when I get, when we get off the air, I have to send that over. Because this guy, man, he has, he has a, he has the Marvin Gaye sound. Uh, He's got the voice. I mean, just like my, if he had your eyes closed, you'd think this is Marvin all over again. So oh, wow. I expect him to do well in the world. I expect him to do very, very well, because that's a voice that's missed in Motown. Marvin Gaye, yes, it is. was incredible. He was very, mm-hmm. he was man. That
3: was my guy back in the day, Marvin Gaye. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, just, starting you know, with starting with his original work, and then his uh, duet with uh, Kim and uh, Tammy Terrell. You know, you can't, yeah. you yeah. I mean, just just you can't. There's nothing you can say. I mean, uh, you know, like uh, Mike Tyson said about Muhammad Ali, every head must bow, every tongue must profess. Marvin was the best. <laughs> yes, yes, he was yeah, yeah. And you see how he transitioned yeah. Throughout some years You know,
4: you know how he guys transitioned wanted to him. From yeah. the, the, all the 60s guys
3: wanted to him. All the ladies wanted
4: to be with him <laughs> Yeah But the transition yeah. from him From the uh, the 60s all the way up Until the 80s when he started doing Things like uh, um, uh, oh, What's that one of the name of something? Sexual healing was one And then um, uh, there was uh, Some other ones that uh, I can't come to mind right now, but it was very, very, um, very, very, um, well, how do I want to say it? But the songs were very meaningful. That's what I, meant. very meaningful. Yeah. And, uh, My aunt I mean, lives right just...
2: up the street from Marvin Gaye. She knew, she kind of knew oh. him.
4: Mm-hmm. I never yeah. said that.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: But yes, um, it, because I remember when that had happened to him the family conflict and you know the way he died. She was really talking about it, and you know yeah. that how it shouldn't have happened. But she was right up the road yeah. from him, from him, and I think she knew. She knew.
4: Yeah, it was yeah. tragic. Yeah, but what what happened here was a tragedy within itself because there's a lot of things going on between him and his dad, and we all know now. That was a lot, a big factor in that. And with with Marvin's yeah. habit, uh, the things that he has gone through at that time, it was a, it was a bad mix in that house. Yeah. And it probably it was. never went down. You know, probably should have never went down. Um, but it did, and it just was a sad day for everybody that was a Marvin fan. You know, so oh, you know, yeah. I mean, the guy was incredible, and he was like he was ahead of his time in his music. Because you have to look mm-hmm. at things, you have to look at the uh, the conditions of the world in them days and as of now, because it's it's really more relatable on some of marvelous stuff like you know Inner City Blues and and a lot of the other songs that he did was oh, very meaningful yeah. right. Right. to the world. Um, yeah, Inner City. Yeah. I, oh,
3: I love the Inner City Blues. Yeah.
4: yeah. 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 I mean, it's just one of them things, and these type of artists come along once in a lifetime. Um and, and that's yeah. the thing. Sometimes you might hear somebody that's a secondary person but may not as be as deep as um uh, the artist itself. They may transition to that type of vocal, but they are actually right. not, you know, the same same type of a person. He just sounds like just like this guy. He's an amazing guy. Now, is he gonna be able to transition and and be able to fill those shoes? We don't know yet. But what I heard tonight was very, very nice, and it was very um, eye-opening, for sure. So we're going to see how far Uh he goes. And I can't remember his name, but he's amazing. But like I said, I will send it over. Um, You know, also, when you look at um, people that take over different um, groups and stuff like that, it's kind of hard, man, to fill them, fill the shoes. You know, I I look at, uh, you know, you look at some of the uh, um, artists with different groups. Now, I think um when you look at uh, it the Four Tops, I know they got a new lead singer, but it's kind of hard to replace um the original. Yeah. Yeah. You can't
5: replace
4: that. Yeah. You can't replace that. So it it's hard. You know, now if you're just a band member or something like that, that's something different. But if like Heatwave, you know, they no longer are around because
3: Johnny Wild. No yep. Yes. Yeah. And
4: th- and yeah. there, you know, you can try to do another heat wave, but it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the right. same. Um, they had some special. They had they had some special stuff going on with that group. You know, um, yes, they being did. put together. well one, one. Well,
3: you know, number yeah. one, they had the, one of the greatest songwriter arrangers <laughs> of all times, Rod Temperton, on keyboards. You know, he yeah. did wow. uh, Michael Jackson stuff. You know, Thriller yeah. and all that. You know, yeah, Rod yeah. was on that out. you know what I mean? And and the man was talented, you know what I mean, Rod Timberton, too bad R. I P Rod Timberton. But uh yeah. too bad, you know, I mean, I just all these people are gone now. Oh, interesting side note, Denise and Billy. Ron White introduced right. a thirteen year old Stevie Wonder to Barry Gordy. That's how Stevie Wonder got mm-hmm. to be at Motown through Ron White. From the Miracle. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah yeah
2: but you know well, I it, hope that i I always hope that Motown comes back, and you know now okay. it's more alumni and the legends of Motown, but you know I guess that's what we're doing. We're trying to just bring that reunion back, <laughs> and that yeah. should be interesting oh, yes. and. And you know what, Billy? What will be? Well, I know you said later on we probably will when we get closer to the events to interview the artists that are going to perform.
4: Like yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's going to be um, relatively soon. Um, we'll make that announcement. Um, so we have some people in mind for these uh, shows that are coming up. So which is kind right. of like. Just working out the, trying to work out the dates and uh, the numbers. So once yeah, we get that's, that, then and, that's going to be going a, to a treat. So yep. everybody
2: yep. that's listening, hey, keep listening and keep tuning in because you're going to experience some Motown interviews, and that's yep. going to be it's really, really be good. good. Well, nice. you are Motown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are yes, Motown. Sorry. What am I talking yes. about? <laughs> yeah,
4: so it's going to be, right. be some relatively um, great interviews coming up with a lot of the artists, and I am so glad to be a part of it and be a part of the family um, that I'm yet to to meet a lot of them, but, you know, throughout the years, you know, I had some uh, opportunities to meet some of the greats, not all of them, but some of the greats, so that's going to come, you know, so we're just getting everything booked. You know, on these artists to come in, and that people can call in and talk to their favorite favorite artists that they grew up with. Right. So, you know, we're hoping to do a turnaround in the industry. The way uh, it has been going, it's been going just uh, left on us, and we're trying to really right. back in. And I, I can kind of see it's getting kind of like that when I get when I had a chance to look at a couple artists that are doing some R and B stuff and still has a little bit of the uh, the hip hop feel. You know, and I like hip hop. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like the the uh, other stuff that they're doing. But if you have a different right. flavor, you know that's awesome. Because if you go back in in history, you look at the earlier years. Now, was we were talking about this last night, with uh um uh what's his name Donald Byrd, Donald Byrd was a hip hop mm-hmm. you know jazz back in the day. Do what not hip hop? Uh, what am I what am I saying? It's jazz. It was it, uh, it wasn't contemporary. It was a different style. That he did bebop. Oh. bebop. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. And he transitioned over um, to a more of r and B type sound. The guy was amazing oh. on trumpet; very amazing. And then he, he uh, brought in the uh, the Blackbirds, um, and then it right. goes from there. So the, the the type of jazz that we had back in them days were very. It's it was it was like listening to R and B. You know, it was just that because you oh. had the. Uh, the jazz and you had the background singers and you had that kind of stuff going on and it was something that um as young students uh of the arts and things of that nature that kind of stuff kind of uh enhanced us to not want to be our best in those days right and so the right. transition was very nice and i think we're getting back to that at this point i think it's doing a turnaround what's your thoughts on it tj sure. what do you think?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, it, it, it's coming more, man. Well, one, I'll tell you, for me, one of my favorite keyboardists, because I break them all down and you it for an exact, um uh Miles Davis was one of my favorite trumpeters. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Parker's one of my favorite saxophonists. T.S. Monk, you know, I'm just one of my favorites. But uh, uh, Kit Korea, who was very seldomly oh, yeah. talked about, it, you know, because he was a strong proponent and a jazz artist to his heart. You know, he stayed on the jazz chart for years. Him and Bob James and all these guys. So, But Chick Corea is one of my favorite jazz artists of all time. I I saw a PBS special on him about, I don't know, maybe 25 years ago and his his mother was in the audience and they kept, you know, every time he'd take a break in the thing and he would ask a question, they would ask a question, he would defer to his mother about him. It would differ, and She would say, oh, he was a good boy, and he studied, <laughs> you know, did everything. And, mm-hmm. he, and at the end of it, he said, well, Mom, you know I wasn't that good of, of a student, you know, to study. I mean, I did my studying and stuff, but, you know, I mean, he elaborated a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, jazz, to me, the freeformness of jazz, the fact that if you hit a wrong note, you can go off in that direction. You can hit a uh, left a hard left turn note and go in that direction and build on that song and get what it is off that note. To me, jazz, there's no wrong, there's no wrong uh, notes in jazz in my book because, yeah, you know, yeah. it, 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 it it's a, it's a tight music that is free form and you can build off of it. And it's, it is very uh, uh, inspiring. I mean, you, you just listen you just nod, you close your eyes, nod your head, and get in that groove, and there it is, you know. It's just like funk, you know. Funk is the same way as mm-hmm. George Clinton and James Brown. You can go anywhere you want to go. So that's the type. Those <laughs> yeah. type of genres uh, where they, I think that's why. In college, I was a jazz DJ. I did, uh, we had a jazz station, and I did two to six uh, on the jazz um, uh, show. And I featured all kinds of guys from, like I said, Parker, Monk, uh, uh, Duke Ellington, all that big band stuff, Basie, all the way up to at that time up to, uh to yeah. Joni, um, uh Kit Korea, Bob James, uh Grover Washington Junior. You know, my favorite song by Grover is Let It Flow, which happens to be the so called quote unquote the official theme song for Dr. Julius J. Irving, the basketball player. So uh, I, uh, jazz has always been, uh, always been one of my favorite art forms of music. I mean, art forms, period. I mean, just, just the, 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 the you know, they say music has, you know, to soothe the savage breath. So it, it just makes you feel great. You know, I mean, it, I can, right. it's hard for me to explain. I can't put it really into words, but, I mean, I feel, I could be down and out. I could put on some funk or some jazz and then it changed. My mood would change just like that. I mean I've always been like that when it comes to music. So but I love the freeformness and the openness of jazz. A lot of my friends who are who are uh quote unquote blues enthusiasts who are strictly blues a lot of them don't like jazz because they don't like the freeformness of jazz. And right. I don't understand. That. Oh. Music is music. Yeah, Billy, just like you, play music. You know, you're an artist. Music is music. Denise, you know that. Music is music. To me, that, oh, I mean, yeah, it I sure is. good country music. So, you yeah. know, I mean, as long as, it's, as, long as, as long as it's good in my book, to me, as long as it's good to me, i listen, no matter what it is. Oh, all right.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. Now, Billy, right. what was your, and, right. and everybody listening, those that don't know, he's going to answer the question, what is <laughs> stage name was when he oh, sung
4: with Motown? I know
5: what it is. <laughs> what yeah. is it, Billy? Well, <laughs> well,
4: for those who know me, it's Goldie Love. Yep. That's my stage name. So I um, when the, I still go underneath that name periodically if I'm performing. Um, and uh, I might transition out, you know what I'm saying, to something yep. different you know but as of my um, auntie now. she
2: remembers you my auntie she yeah. used to listen to your songs
4: oh wow she told
2: me that that's, she had visited she visited a couple of weeks back and we got on the subject oh. of the programs and i said you know what you know I think his, his stage name with uh, Motown was Goldie Love she's like oh okay i know who that is
3: yeah yeah, well, yes, yes. It's, just,
4: it's amazing um situation. Um but I and you know, I'd like to I like the know the notoriety of every act that has been in this business and maybe short, maybe long, but you know, I my my uh career was cut short because of course my situations.
3: But mm. I am
4: back. I am back 100%. So it's not over till it's over. That's the line. That's right. (laughs) So on that note, we're going to take a um, a quick commercial break. And for those that are just now joining us, uh, you're listening to the CRS Radio um, with the um, Billy and Billy Show. On filling in uh, tonight will be Timothy Jackson and Denise Cucatus, and we'll be right back. So everybody, hold this up.
2: And I think it's a good idea after the commercial to play your song.
3: Uh Oh, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely.
6: (laughs) From author Dr. Denise Gotatis comes a self-help guide that will give you valuable information about the world around you in ways never imagined. The metaphysical God in relation to his creation. Available on Amazon. In this must-read book you will learn about your importance in the world and the metaphysical universe around you. You will be introduced to the metaphysical God who has a relationship with you and those around you. Whether you are aware of this or not, you come into contact with him daily. He is omnipresent metaphysically. He is in and outside of his creation and what does a metaphysical god have to do with you and the creation around you you are a very big piece of a huge puzzle the metaphysical god in relation to his creator from author dr denise Gotatis is available on amazon order your copy right now
0: The fact that this is true
1: CRS Radio, the knowledge station. You are listening to Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy. We are back.
2: (laughs) Wow, that was you, Billy, singing that song. That song was good.
5: Yeah. It It
1: inspires you to just go
3: back. Yeah. Along with... uh, Stingray Potter, um, Tim Cunningham, the jazz man, the sax man. Tim Cunningham is on there. and DJ Ken, the butcher White, is on there too. Oh, so oh yeah, really? I remember those guys. Yeah, oh yeah, we go way back. Uh, R.I.P. Stingray Potter, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I remember that. I remember playing that song on the radio. That and Hurry, Don't You Wait man i tell you oh man you talk about goldie love well <laughs> yeah baby. i mean Taking i me I,
2: I pulled that one up i got the other one in prompt too but it's like um you wouldn't even guess that billy <laughs> goldie yeah. love yeah. you wouldn't guess that that's yeah. his voice but you guys got mm-hmm. that radio voice <laughs> and yeah. oh, um yeah. See, i uh, i guess it guess encourages it you more billy to uh, go back in that recording studio. <laughs> yes, you
3: should. Got any more? We written. need more songs. From, <laughs> we need more songs from Goldie Love.
2: <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. And you know, it, it's an encourager to go back in that recording studio because I know you know it's good when you know you you're on your when you're on your program. And TJ, I know you DJ. I don't know if you sing. Do you sing at all?
3: Uh, well you know, I I have this little uh, this little anecdote I tell people I only sing for the ladies in the shower. Oops. No, uh Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, you know, I grew up singing, my mom was the choir director, I grew up singing in the choir. Not only that, we were Catholic, we were served. we delivered state journal newspapers early mornings on the weekends. We'd come back, get showered up, get cleaned up. Go and serve the eight o'clock mass at Saint Therese Church on the north end over here. Then we
5: uh-huh. serve
3: the mass, get done. Then we go out to my grandparents' church. My grandparents are founding members of Trinity A.M.E. over on Holmes Road. So then we go in oh. the youth choir because my mother was the choir director. So we would sing. Oh, oh. Yeah. you know, people tell me. Yeah, people tell me. You know, I'm a non professional, but I've had a lot of people tell me that. You know, hey man, you got a nice singing voice, dude. You ought to do something with that. I was like, that's not my forte. My forte is uh, DJing. That's my thing. Voice work, commercials, that's what I do. I I just, you know, everybody has the thing that they do.
2: That commercial is like in a recording studio
3: with your voice?
2: Whoa.
3: Yeah. And Billy, he's. I've done it. And Billy's just a, to me, he's just a natural. He's just born to it. I mean, it's in his DNA. You know, he grew up singing in the church, too. And, you know, he's a talented cat songwriter you know, ranger, producer. So, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. uh, you know, people, a lot of people don't know that about Billy. I mean, that, those of us who know him, we know him, but, you know, a lot like, you know, people out there, you know, that haven't talked to him or seen him or known he's had a heart transplant, you know, that he was sick for a number of years, they don't understand yeah. that. This man is a talent. Yeah. He's a talent all unto himself. It's like Billy Wilson, the great, Mr. Yeah. Billy Wilson, I mean that. Billy Wilson. Billy was one of the bass player extraordinaires at Motown, you know, and, and yep. uh, in other places, too. I mean, he started playing bass at a young age, and uh, a good friend of mine, Eric Hamilton, who's a bass player, plays locally in a band called Mixed Flavors. Um, Eric said they grew up, in Yps- Eric grew up Ypsilanti. He grew up, Billy's older than him, Mr. Billy, and he said that's the reason why he plays bass, because of Mr. Billy Wilson and what Billy taught him and what he, you know, what he experienced. He said he made him interested in playing the bass. And Billy Wilson, I, I, I've i heard that. I knew at one point I heard him years ago, but, uh, you know, Billy Wilson is, it, to me, hey, there's none other better on the bass than Billy, Mr. Billy Wilson, you know. But uh, a lot yeah, of people, don't know I, I mean, they you because you go off and do other things and you do, you know, yeah. life, life goes on and, you know, you have to keep moving forward, you know.
2: That's right. And, you know, Billy Wilson, my sister, she's like, oh, okay, I know who that is. Everybody knows Mr. Yeah. Billy Wilson. Whoever listens yeah. to Motown, they know Mr. Billy Wilson. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm glad to, you know, to work, you know, just to be. It's an honor to be on, you know, the Motown Legends alumni uh, program every oh, yeah. week. It's it's an honor to just yeah. know him you know, everybody. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Know, it's, a, it's a, just like when we, uh, like uh, the chat reel, you know, we interviewed Tim Cunningham, you know, I mean, Timmy and I, we oh, all grew yeah. up he, he and my oldest brother and my older cousin, Eric is his best friend. Eric Jones is my older cousin. But
5: uh, oh, okay. my brothers, they're all three mm-hmm. years
3: old. Yeah, they're all three years older than me. So, you know, I mean, growing up with them, like I said, we used to, my grandmother's beauty shop was across the street from his dad's gas station. So you had to be nine right. years old to cross the street. So, you know, we would yell back and forth and stuff. <laughs> and then when you got, you know, when like when I got nine, I was able to go across the street because the barbershop was behind the gas station. So oh my godfather nice. was one of the barbers. So we, uh you know, Tim was like, and I saw Tim playing one day. And I was like, dude, what is that? He goes, you've never seen a saxophone before, you know? I said, no, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. it <was laughs> and it was making such a sound that uh, that was one of the things. Oh, another one of my favorite artists, Phoebe, the great, great Phoebe Snow. A lady with the voice like a saxophone. She, uh, oh.
5: Okay. I, I
3: just there's something about that, that instrument, the saxophone, no matter what it is, the tenor sax, the, the the baritone sax, the alto, the soprano. There's something about the sound of a saxophone that's just so sexy. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. It's got that sound, the sound yeah. that everybody loves. You know, it's relaxing
3: the saxophone yes, so yeah. it's it's very and it's, it's too, yeah you're very, right, it's very, too, and very it's good smooth song. and it's smooth and it's groove you got a nice groove where, you know it's just i guess i could explain it but i i just you know it's just like uh i, I try to explain to people that's one thing about djing uh being a radio drive time disc jockey and something about right. that that medium i just enjoy i enjoy giving out information and, and to me it's like having a conversation with with a few of my buddies that's how i that's how i did it you know i i, I pretended yeah. like i wasn't i wasn't talking to there wasn't a you know it was gigantic airwaves i was just like me and my boys me uh Goldie love stingray potter uh kim the butcher tim cut you know like we sitting around talking and that's how i did it that's why a lot of people say a lot of guys sound so congenial yeah, because you do. It, it, it's it's really on the the personality, but you know, I mean, right. for me, it was relaxing, and I like talking, and I do ask my daughters, "Dad, you can't go anywhere without dad yakety yakety acting with somebody." So oh
1: well, that's I a mean, good I really enjoy
3: it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Got plus. A <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's great. <laughs> and now, Billy, uh, is he? They, well, anyway. Billy, I know you're there, right? Yeah. Well, he's here. Um, he's present. But um okay. Anyway, we are. Okay. We are just. Yeah. We are just. We're just talking about the Motown because I remember, you know, Motown me with me growing up more so, TJ, because I'm probably, you know, younger. Of course. Yeah. I remember just, you know, growing up, um, listening to the Jacksons. The Jackson Five. Oh, J-5. You know?
3: 5. J-5 5 is one of my groups. Yeah. But see, I like, you're right, the Jackson. For me, I liked everything up until they left, and then they did the Destiny album with Boogie Shoes and, and Shake. My jam is Shake Your Body Down to the Ground. I don't know I how they, small, were, what but... they did, but that was the jam. Yeah. Doom, 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 and doom. Then... Oh, man, the baseline on that. Was and the, then, you the know Jermaine what? I'm like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like Michael. Michael Jackson just emerged from them. But no, I remember when I was, you know, that's when I was small. Cause you know, I was, you know, telling my age. <laughs> I, you know, I was born a bit later, but I do remember always looking, you know, at the Jackson Five and. Um, Diana Ross, she was a big thing, and, you know, later on, Janet, and, you know, and Smokey Robinson, and the others, you know, the younger, uh, Lionel Richie, and, you know, the rest oh, of them, the DuBardi. The
3: Commodores. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, Rick the James. Commodores, you know. Mm-hmm. Rick James, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the um Mary Jane girls, remember that?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, the Mary Jane girls, yeah, JoJo, Coco, <laughs> I forget who the other girls were, but yeah, oh, yeah, the Mary Jane girls, <laughs> you know, that, that was Rick Rick James came out with them, yeah. He produced yep. them. Oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. The you Sister Sledge, yeah. Oh, Sister Sledge, Anita yeah, yeah, Baker. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Anita uh. got, got her founding in the group called Chapter 8 from Detroit. That's where she got her start. She was in Chapter 8, and the memory of Chapter 8 made her go solo.
2: You know what? I had no idea that Anita Baker, though, she dated Michael Jackson. Yeah. Did you know that?
3: Yeah. I heard that. You knew that? I thought it was a rumor. <laughs>
2: oh, because they knew each other young. I. A rumor. Whoa. Yeah, you never know with what, whatever they put out cuz yeah. they probably hung around right. each other with good friends, but you know what? I think I seen an interview of her talking about that though. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting thing. Yeah.
5: Yes it is. Yeah.
3: Yes it
2: is. Yeah. And I think she was saying something about dating Michael Jackson and I'm like, "Huh? One of his first girlfriends?" Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that, and I'm like, wow, you know. But no, that I grew up mostly low, though looking at the Jackson Five, Jermaine,
5: Tito, yeah.
2: all, yeah. yeah. all of
5: them.
3: Oh yeah. All
2: of them. Jermaine, Tito, Billy is gonna get Marlon, Michael. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I remember when yeah, yeah. Jermaine, when they yeah. left Motown and Jermaine stayed to produce because Barry gave him a job because he was married to Hazel Gordy, but, uh, Barry's daughter, and Randy joined uh-huh. the group. I remember when Randy joined yep. the group. I remember when Janet. Remember when Janet had her first. Her first two albums were like teen pop oh, yeah.
5: albums,
3: and and then she came yeah. out with uh, Control. When she hit the scene with Control, it just wiped everybody out. I mean, even Michael oh, yeah. had to say, "Oh, wait a minute, this is my baby sister." Remember that Bill? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Janet, Janet, Janet Jackson was on you know, um, Good yeah.
2: Times. You know, she was playing Penny. That's
3: right, Penny. Little Penny. Penny,
5: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> And and yeah. then I think she went to fame,
4: and she stroke, she kind of the stroke.
2: dancing, Yeah. The yeah was she on different
4: strokes? Yeah,
3: different strokes. Yeah, different strokes. Yeah, was she? Yeah. Oh, strokes, okay. You yeah. play Willis? I remember. Game, remember. What you talking about, Willis?
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great. That was a great. That were a great time. Yeah, what it was. Because when you go it back was. and look at television, you know all you seen was just wholesome stuff um even with music and and you seen um a lot of younger um black getting on shows and stuff like that and you started getting good times and and all those different sitcoms um that was black orientated and they did well um then you had yeah. the Sanford and Son which was really the clean comedy um uh, but it's just kind hilarious. Of, yeah it of the times <laughs> that these kids need to experience Instead of yeah. trying to be grown, yeah. you need to experience these kind of situations. And the music, yeah. the music within itself yeah. back in them days. You know mm-hmm. you, know you who did those, the
3: same song to, to Sanford and Son, don't you? That was uh, uh, Quincy. Quincy Jones. Oh, and when they told Quincy him, Jones? And when they told, yeah. Yep, when they told him that they were doing the show, Norman Lear said, Red Fox. Quincy Jones said, he jumped up and down and said, you can't put Red Fox on TV. <laughs> Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you look and you know what of, I uh,
2: remember about Red Fo- uh, Red Fox. It was um when they did San <laughs> the Francisco and everybody forget about Lena Horn.
3: She was Oh yeah, I mean, the Horn. I that think... was, remember the horn, friend, yeah. was in love with Lena.
1: Right
4: yeah, back? he was. That but you know what? That is a history making show. Um and that's yeah. what they actually ran with with um uh, uh, what's his name? Um uh, the uh Archie Bunker and those guys, and George yes. Jefferson, oh, yeah. off and Carol like O'Connor, you
3: know, yeah. Yep. But <laughs> the in the people don't give him enough. Yeah. people don't give him enough enough uh, accolades. Carol O'Connor played him and uh, Sherman Hemsley both played at absolutely 360 degrees opposite of what their normal everyday life, what they were in real life. I mean, it took a lot yeah, for those I two to that. play outside yep. of character. Yeah. 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 But
4: I'll tell you this. Yeah. I'll tell you this now. The thing that I seen with that you can never put together today because you have oh, all no, these people no, out here that are, are just holding everything under the sun. Yeah. You know, but you yeah. know, they're they're all right with what's going on now, which I have no problem yeah. with, but I don't want my kids watching it. You know what I'm right. saying? So yeah. yeah. so people do what they want to do, but the industry is totally changed. And I, I don't know whether it was just the basic setup from the very beginning to get us to this point, um, to get us involved in the TV. But, you know, as it transferred up, as it transitioned up, as you start seeing changes in television, and it's gotten to the point where I just can't do it anymore. I can't watch it. Unless it's something like some old reruns, you know, then I'll watch that yep. stuff. Um, Me too. If, it's, uh, if it's something that is comedic, that i i see like somebody like cat williams or somebody like that i'll i'll watch that you know but outside yeah. of this other nonsense that they got going on i i sit here and i don't i don't even watch the tv at all but that's another conversation altogether but you know back to the the situation now when i i grew up i was uh my favorite artist was uh uh smoky robinson quite naturally and a lot of the styles that's your cousin. that I yeah. yes I my cousin Yes, it's ironic, and I didn't know at that time, but, you know, everybody thought, you know, I sound a lot like Smokey, and so what I did, I did the transition of making the change, so I didn't sound identical to him, you know what I'm saying, because I I could do, you know, ooh, baby, baby, you know, no problem, you know what I'm saying, but it's, I had to make, I had to develop my own style, my own self, you know what I'm saying, And then came Earth, Wind, and Fire and Philip Bailey. You know, um, Philip Bailey is an outstanding, outstanding vocalist. He's probably the best, I think the best ever as a soprano, first tenor, all of it. I think he's the best of all. And that was like my guy, you know what I'm saying? I could do some of this stuff, you know, not all, because he gets kind of like, you know, really up there. But I'm going to do a lot of different things here coming up in the studio when I do get back in. I'm going to do different transitions. I'm going to do some stuff uh, that's pretty much in my natural, because I've got three vocal structures that I, two of them I don't usually use. Um, And I did it probably one time, and that's in uh, Never Fall in Love with me and Jeffrey uh, Uh Valentine. Um, but I'm going to do a, different, a lot of different things for the album, you know what I'm saying, or for the soundtrack, you know. So, it'd so be a you couple are things getting
2: back. Go. So you are going to get back in the recording studio. Yeah,
4: yep, yep. Today was cool. the day um, that I hit the sky, skies of the limits, vocally. You know, <laughs> I've been dealing with some issues, you know, but now it's yes. all cleared up and I, I'm back. I'm probably 110% um, as of today, 110%, thank God, because I've been, I've been cool. working, working and working and working, uh, and I find out it's the diet, it's the things I was eating, and uh, the right. things like milk milk and cheese, I don't drink milk, but cheese and stuff like that affects the vocal cords, at least for me, so I just oh. had to change things up.
2: yeah, because of the so now, mucus, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not bringing wow. up as much as I did, you know, um, but now I'm I'm very, very comfortable. I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I am cool. ready to go. So so it, at this point in time it, let's, in l- let's go ahead. Go ahead, Denise. Oh well
2: no, no, no. I I'm good. I was just saying that it's it's just going to be very good to play your own music um on even oh, the yeah. chat reeling in here on yeah. the program. I mean, yeah. almost inspired me to go back to the recording studio. I thought that was the funnest thing.
4: Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it's very nice. Uh, I feel at home when I'm there. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and the yeah. thing with this is, is, is Ray Potter was probably the, look, and I've been around um, a lot of artists, even um, my friend, Gabros um, um, uh, and Peoples. Bernard Wright, amazing talent, amazing talent. Yeah, I actually uh, he did some work for me on "Hurry Don't You Wait" um, and "I uh, Never Fall in Love," and it was actually astounding. The guy, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, wow. Bernard Wright can write a song. Let's, uh, let me tell you this: this is the story, and it's kind of a uh, it's kind of funny because we didn't get off very well when I first minute. When I first met him, but let's do this. Let's go to commercial break first, and then I'll continue with that story. It's it's crazy. All right. We'll be back. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is CRS Radio, the Knowledge Station. You are listening to Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy.
4: Hey, baby. What are you gonna do?
0: But I just want to say this to you. It's you that I need. This is what I have to say. Since we've been together, we sit together.
1: This is CRS Radio, the Knowledge Station. You are listening to Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy.
4: And we are. And back. that song,
3: wow! Yeah. <laughs> now that's my man. Hey. Oh man, hurry! Don't you oh. wait? We're running out of time, girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No huh. what? Mr. Mr. Gold Love, yeah. Mr. Gold yeah. Love in the house. Before yeah, I say anything, so.
4: Before I say anything else, before I get to the story originally, let me tell you who was a part of that track. Um, we had, of course, uh, the track was wrote by, written by me and Al Travis, and uh, yep. Jeffrey Vell uh, actually uh, produced that. Um, and also, uh, I would give say that uh, Bobby DeBarge was a producer on that project as well. And oh, Michael wow. Matthews was on keys. So um, that was an amazing production. I wrote that song. Uh, w- it was a real situation. Uh, it was a uh, situation oh. I was sitting with with the female, and there was we were having some really bad situations. Bad. It was a bad. It was a bad uh, relationship. But you know oh. that song came to me. The music came to me from L. Travis, and I uh, seen it. I heard it. And I'm like, oh man, I can I can write to that. And we wrote that song. <laughs> Me and El wrote that song in about forty-five minutes.
3: We were deal with that like
4: three days All later. years i you, it. I
3: didn't know I didn't know the song was that good and went that fast. I mean, I knew it was good, but I didn't know the group yep. of you two writing it was that fast. It came wow. together just
4: like that. Um, so forty-five minutes. If you know minutes, the best that, songs.
2: That top. yeah, wow. So that the so best songs hear. come with life experience.
4: Yes, and that's what happened. It was one of those touching moments, and it was the right track that I was looking for. Because initially, I wasn't going to get back into other than promoting music, but Jeff convinced me to come back, and that's where that song came from. So let's go back to the story with Bernard Wright. Uh, Bernard Wright, um, Bobby Adams actually uh, had called me one night. He was staying in uh, Dallas, Texas. And he says, hey, man, do you know a guy by the name of Bernard Wright? I says, yeah. I said, he's a, a singer, producer, um, and I told him some of the songs that he had, he had written. He says, um, so he couldn't quite remember him until I started bringing all those songs up. He says, well, I met him, and we kind of connected. I got his number. He says, I'm thinking that maybe you might want to work with him. I says, yeah, let's, let's put it together. So I talked to Bernard on the phone. And everything was good. He's like, hey, man, I'd be glad to meet you and stuff. Just send the material to me, and I'll work on it. I am like, okay, because he's going to do another rendition of that. So uh, about a week later, I head down to Dallas. I'm down there for two weeks. So at this time, um, the second day, uh, Bernard Wright shows up. So it's sometime mm-hmm. in the evening. So we're just kind of sitting back talking. And uh, everything's going good. So I says, hey, did you uh, – get the material and stuff like that. He says, yeah, I've got the material. He says, but I don't have it with me. He says, I don't know where I put it at. You know, and that kind of, you know, I'm down here to record. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay. Right. You know, so now I have to take and, and make a call back to have it sent overnight so we can start working on it. So the, the material got there. And so we're sitting down. I'm expecting, you know, him to start listening to material. So then we... uh that for a while I says, uh, you want to check off the materials so, you know, when we go in the studio that you, you're pretty much prepared. So mm-hmm. it all, he started kind of going left on me. And I'm like, hold up, man. I said, I didn't come down here for this. I said, I don't know who Whoa. you think I am, but I'm not the one. So I told Bobby, I said, yeah. look, man, I said, we can forget this whole situation. Man. I just come down here to visit, and that's it. So when that happened, then he said he apologized. And after that, he, he listened to the music. And uh, he said, okay, and then Bobby had a keyboard in there, so we went and started working on some stuff. And so after that, right. he just kind of fell back, you know, and, and time was getting close. We had to find a studio, so we went to few uh-huh. different places. But at the same time, he wasn't even listening to the material at all. You know, so I'm kind of still getting kind of irritated about this. I'm like, man, how are we going to do this thing? I don't want to go in here wasting money, you know, to do this stuff. And I could be right at right. In, in Michigan. And find somebody to actually make it happen. So anyway, so we uh, we find the studio, ends up being at Yarbrough's and Peoples. So oh. he goes back. We go back what to you? the house, and uh, he starts. He listens to it one time. He says, "Okay, now we still got about cool. a day or two to go." And I'm okay. like, really, I'm I'm like not talking now, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm, I'm done all talked out. I told Bobby, I'm just talked out, man. I'm going to do it. So we get over to yeah. the studio, and I'm like, how is this going to go now? That brother got in there, and we pulled the track up, and he looked at the first part of the track, the first first, uh-huh. and then he went to the bridge. So what he did is the first part of it, he knocked out just like that. When he came to the bridge, Knocked that out.
5: Uh-huh.
4: It, took wow. him, it took him probably about about to build it. It took him no more huh. than an hour, no more than an hour. I mean, I've been wow. for, you know a couple of hours just to you know it build uh just a, one particular song, and it's still not done. So we and had forty five minutes invested into that sure. song. Done. Now the question is, who are Yabos and Peoples going to? to do the background because that wasn't a part of the scheme. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, I could have did the backgrounds myself and, uh, right. he says, well. Um, he says, yeah, and then people probably do it as well. I had that be nice. You know, let's see what they want to do it. So they, uh, agreed. Oh. To and, uh, so we did that and everything came out real nice, you know, but I just never released it. And, uh, I had brought a track back with me. I brought, brought the music back with me, but I have no idea where it's at, and I know that it's probably long gone in the, in the system. So, uh. and it was nice. If you'd have heard "Never Fall in Love Again," TJ, I mean the the mix that it was it was actually a club radio mix. It was hot. Really? It was hot. I might
3: have. Uh, well, I, you I, know, I you could still
2: it. release them.
3: I think I heard. I got habits habit. You were just. Yeah. Wrote that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Me and I Jeff wrote that.
4: Yeah. Yep. And uh, so no. that's the thing, but it was just kind of ironic. Um But I do, I think I do have a copy of Never Fall in Love on the remix, which is like a cool. late oh. night. You know, during the day you play, you played the regular with a still. I had a rap on that too. I had two different that's versions. Right I had did. a rap yeah. on it. And then I had another version that was, was strictly, you know, the the, the two verses and then strictly the club mix. Right. It's probably about maybe five or six minutes, and uh, it was huh. just, it was so amazing. It was so amazing. But them are the things. That's what happened in in them days. It's like it's just ironic. But uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, rest in peace, Bernard Wright. Um, and then also Bernard right. Terry. That's we we, we uh, That was the Ready for the World studio. Bernard right. Terry is no oh, longer right. here as well. He's gone. Um, Gordon and yeah, Mel, mm. he was ready for the world. Yes, yes. So uh, I met those guys in there. And that's how Tim Tim actually got on some of the material, but it wasn't released. It wasn't released oh. because they were having some issues uh, with the, the background singers. So um, their label decided to just go with Melvin. So, you know, oh, okay. I, I talk to Melvin every once mm. in a while online, stuff like that. And uh, my friend, my friend's brother actually plays with him um, on tour periodically. So, right. so it's a, you know, the success story goes on and on. It's it's not over with. So mm-hmm. I am so um, appreciative to, to to all the the people that are involved in my my uh, my uh, road to success. Um, it was minor, but it gets bigger as we go. So oh, yeah, am so happy that- have the people behind me that were behind me. And uh, I want to once again say Kevin Wilson, rest in peace. He was one of my managers and promoters. Bobby Great. Adams, rest in peace. Yeah. One of my promoters. Two of my main friends. Right. Yes. Kind of and uh, yeah.
3: yes. Wow. Ray Potter.
4: Yeah. Yes, Ray Potter once again. Sing Ray. Um, no, it, Ray. Yeah. yeah. They were all my dear friends, man. I mean, I'm looking for another producer like Ray. Because Ray was a singer. Jeff mm-hmm. developed right. into a singer. Jeff was, wow. his yes. natural abilities was not singing. His, his abilities was producing. But he developed into oh. a singer, which I was amazed by. So all things are possible.
3: Oh.
4: You know, yes, and it he was is. Able to put, he was able to get a track yeah, you can on. He was a
3: songwriter too, man. He, he is. Yes, he
4: was. Yes, and he yes, has a track wow. on Beauty Shop. He got, he's got a track yes. on Beauty Shop. So, um, oh. what who I'm going who we're going to bring on um the show. Uh, it's probably going to be on the chat real show. We're going to bring on um my cousin Delaine. uh he's going to come on and and Lane Roberts will come on and tell his story. This guy's got an amazing amazing story. Uh he's in the music business oh, okay. as well. In fact, he to wow. acts, but he did a lot of things. So, I got to get him booked on. But Let's go back to Motown. Uh, I appreciate everything. The music is, you know, it shocked me when hearing it because I uh-huh. haven't heard it on air in years. So, um, oh, yes, let's go back to Motown. Let's talk about. Um, let me see here. Let's talk about Michael. Michael is a unique individual yeah. because we did talk a little about the the Jacksons mm-hmm. and and uh, with Michael, but Michael on his yeah. own was a very, very creative young man. But you've got to look at it for what it is. This kid was a kid coming out of the gate. He sat there and watched the group develop when he got a chance. You know what I'm saying? So that's all Mm -hmm. you ever knew. And people, you know, used to talk call him all kinds of things, but Mike was a kid at heart. You know, he was always a kid. He He, never uh, had a chance to be a kid.
3: So yeah. Well to me he was That's why he's gonna do do the mixture yeah, of a lot of people, like Bill Bojangles-Robinson, Sammy Davis Jr., James Brown, yep. you know, uh, yep. uh, those guys, to me, he was a mixture of of what those guys, all those guys were. An interesting little tidbit, Jeffrey Daniels taught Michael Jackson how to moonwalk. It wasn't called the moonwalk originally. It was called the backslide, and that's what he right. told me. Oh. it He was renamed the moonwalk. Jeffrey Daniels or Shalimar, soul train dancer, Jeffrey Daniels. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely okay. right. But before yes? wow. him, back in the, in the 40s,
4: there was an original Moonwalker. back then. I can't think of his name. But back in the 40s. But you're absolutely right. No. Jeffrey Daniels did. And Jeffrey Daniels is also another close uh, friend. Um, and also, you know, he's over in, and I think he's over in Africa now. He's doing yeah. um, hmm. like a... a star search type show from my understanding uh that's what he's doing oh. but he's been very active he's been very active so uh um, that's good but yes, but but yes michael, i mean michael that's if,
2: the way it should be you know what that's yeah. the way it should be though the all the older talent and the younger generation they should combine all of the things yeah. like you know like you said michael jackson it was combined with his dancing from something that was done mm-hmm. before. And as the younger, so there should be somebody to teach the younger generation to do, you know, to continue on with combining the things that were good together and making it one yeah. act. And that's
4: what Michael Jackson, he was. Very talented. He was, very, uh, he was amazing talent. And if you put, I think he was the best. But then you have to look at Prince, on the other hand. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think it's a tie each way you go. Because both of them, even though they did um, similar things, but they were different. You see what I'm saying? Um, They had their own own kind of style. They had their own style. Yeah. But it it was amazing to have both of these guys that sold millions and millions of records and had uh, a millions and millions of fan base. You know, I mean, yeah. a, can you imagine the show with both of them on the same ticket? I mean, oh, you couldn't man. find a a place big enough for it. I mean, you'd have to actually actually. Take and, and have,
3: go ahead. I thought they Speaking were on that, one point, Speaking but that,
1: no, what, I don't what think I, they ever what did. I,
3: what I wanted to do before Michael passed, rest your soul, Michael, R.I.P., my brother. I wanted to put together an alumni show with the Osmonds and the Jacksons going head-to-head. I always dreamed of oh, wow. doing that. Can't do it now because Michael's gone, but I always yeah. wanted to do that because remember they rivaled because in the early 70s, the Osmonds had yeah. one bad apple. The stock, yeah. I went uh, you know, all, all of them <clears throat> And they were yeah. going head-to-head. They, they said Michael and Donnie were like the opposite ends of each other and all that stuff. I mean, I would love to have huh. get them especially now. Especially now. At their ages now, if they were still man, could you imagine the concert venue that would be? <laughs> well, if he could have did it back yeah. then,
4: um it'd have been a heck of a show. Um, but um Michael's hands down would have stole it. Um oh, Hands down. Oh yeah. But if you had had Prince and Michael on a, a venue, you know, where are you gonna do it at? Mm. It has to be someplace outside, you know? Uh, I don't even
3: think yes, you could put we'll it, in, it in it. You'd have to do it on an air force base or something.
4: It yeah, would just be I too would be too many people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. You'd have to do it at the air uh, air force base or some place that was just a, a bunch of land. It had to be a lot of land right. to be able to do that. But that would be an awesome. Awesome. It would have been, been money making. You would need for much promotion sure. at all for that. You know what I'm saying? Cause well, I go know. Off the hook automatically, so yeah.
2: Imagine the ticket but, prices for something like that. <laughs>
4: oh my
3: God! <laughs> you <talk to laughs> probably
2: be thousand, dollars a but, ticket. Yeah, oh, try six a or something. Or something. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> try six, maybe like the front row. You know, imagine how much sure. that would be. But it would have been that would have been so
4: great, so great. Yeah. To see.
3: Well, look but at you Janet's know what, chicken, also, chicken.
2: Stevie Wonder, what about
4: him? Well, oh, Stevie, yeah. too. I mean, um, Stevie as well, but now when you think Stevie about Stevie Stevie's relationship,
3: what about all the songs Stevie wrote? You know, Stevie wrote the the Spinner's first big hit, It's a Shame. He wrote Tell Me Something Good for Shaka and Rufus. You know, he Stevie, wrote that one? Stevie, oh. Yeah. Yes, Stevie wrote Tell Me Something Good by Rufus Feature. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah the boy the he genius. wrote game, mean, game by the spinners yeah
4: mm-hmm. he's a genius
3: wow and
4: and that's the thing but you know another thing that they were saying too and i believe this too that that uh that stevie can actually see he can actually see oh, that's what I, said. Heard <laughs> I heard well, that i heard
1: that
5: well i'll before. tell you why
4: he can see it's when they're doing uh we are the world and mm-hmm. uh the the uh, mic stand with the fall, and Stevie caught it. Mm-hmm. So, Stevie, Stevie, can see, Stevie wants to see. It's just that I think he, he had him, some...
3: Eddie Murphy said he saw him drive a car around the block, Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> now, you
2: told you know what Eddie like. Murphy, <laughs>
5: said.
4: I think he did have some issues um, with, with his eyes, because he did go to the blind school here. So, right. there wasn't... Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I don't, don't think he was did. totally blind. I don't think it's totally blind. Well, maybe, you know, with
2: the technology today, they got people who used to, like, um, not be able to see. They have these new yep. stuff that they do to the eyes, laser surgery and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you never know so, now, you know.
4: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, with Stevie's situation, it's probably was easier to, to fix versus, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Um Ray Charles. Ray Charles, you know, yeah. Yeah, Ray was able. He wasn't always blind, but, you know, I mean, it's just the blindness was something he had to deal with. And that was an amazing gift. Ray Charles, Mm
5: -hmm.
4: you know, hats off for him because he was the only person outside of Michael and Prince that actually got, well, Ray Charles never, um, after his first deal, he stopped yeah. they stopped getting any any publishing off of him. He had yeah. his own publishing. He, uh,
3: you know, he uh he played all genres of music. He played classical, yeah. he played country, pop, R and B, soul. Ray did Ray did every genre of music ever listed ev- anywhere. If you go back and look at his history of work and his library of music oh, yeah. it's he Ray Ray did it all, man. He did it all. Yes, he did. And nobody, I don't Ray think
4: Charles in history will be able to do that. Nobody in history will yeah. ever be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, people Ray are like, Charles he can't really country, change so. things. Yeah, he can't do country. He did it, and he did yep. it very well. You know, uh, 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 can yeah, do. It. Yeah.
3: He, yeah, yeah, he come. can't
4: do rock. He can do it. He did mm-hmm. it all. You know, and uh, now
5: what
2: about the, the achievements? Because there was another artist that I used to listen to, and that was Lionel Richie.
3: Oh, oh yeah, Lino, his songs. the Commodores. Yeah, come on now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Lionel was... had then all the hits he had a solo. I mean that. Yeah, uh, Lionel Richie, he talented, talented man, talented man.
4: Yeah, yes. You know, mm-hmm. I liked him as the Commodores, and I didn't think his uh, career was going to go far as being a solo artist, but apparently I was wrong. You
2: know, because it, it, it was the men's career. <laughs> yeah. That song,
3: yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. Like, and you then know? Lady, you yeah. wrote. Kenny Rogers, the yep. Lady. And it went crazy. Mm-hmm. It, went, it crossed over from country to pop to I can be. I mean, Michael Richie, you're right. You're right. He's cat. Motown. Motown, cat. Mm- <laughs> yeah. Motown. Yeah, yeah the Commodores, they were Motown. Yeah. 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 That came mm-hmm. from um, St.G.G. They left Tuskegee and went straight to Detroit
4: to get a deal. Yeah. Well wow. You know what? Where would they be at now if it wasn't for Motown? you got to look at all these acts. If it wasn't for Motown, where would these acts be? And how many would that, them be on a label today? You know, all I right. can only probably imagine a handful out of all that talent would have probably went to waste. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm quite sure some of them would have probably found a place to go. Um, but, yeah. you know, back then, they weren't really dealing with too many um, black artists, you know? Right. So we had to actually mm-hmm. have our own to actually get anything happening. And it, even with Barry, Barry not knowing who was working for him at the time when he started blowing up.
3: But, yeah. you know, the white well, people my man, were the ones uh, themselves the, the, sales, the sales guy, Bernie, his sales yeah. guy was Italian. And, you know, yeah. Barry, Barry said, him and Smokey in that interview that they had on uh what was it, HBO or you know the found uh, the, the 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 thing they did about the founding of Motown? And Barry yeah, said, yeah. "Yeah, Smokey." They said they thought that the mob on Motown because Bernie was their head salesman, <laughs> and he was Italian. Yeah. And he said the rumors that Barry goes, "Look, man, you know," he said, "Rumors are rumors." He said, "Might have helped us sell sell a few more rockets. Who knows? We don't know." But he said, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said." You know, he had all kinds of people working for him. That's what people started to realize. Motown was all-inclusive. You know, they had all kinds of uh, races and women. Women were higher up in Motown. You know, his sisters helped him start the business. So, I mean, yeah. that, that's one thing about Motown. It's like uh, I, I was watching this thing on CBS, not to get off subject, but uh, they do uh, they do these little things where they said they talk about the women that work behind the scenes at CBS, and they tell people you don't, know how many females how much our staff is is populated by females and and especially like in the news division you know or producers or they you know a lot of people don't realize that you know people that are not in the know say one thing without getting the information that you need to get the right information you know but motown has had a lot of women have uh, you know minorities have the Funk Brothers? You know, I, I was just real right. bad yeah. that when they when Barry left in seventy two, he didn't take all the Funk Brothers with him to L.A. I wish he would have, but you know, yeah. business is business. Yeah, but I wish he would have. Well, he had it. He had a slew of them. He had
4: Ashford and Simpson. He had Yabos and Peoples yeah. there. He had uh, uh, yeah. um What's his name? um he had a bunch of them. Uh, Norman
3: him. Whitfield, Barrett Strong. Norman Whitfield. Uh, Howland yep. Dozier Holland had left by then. Remember That's they had who I thought That, that big falling out with Barry. Holland Dozier yeah. Holland. Remember, they left to form their own record company. But, uh, you know, you had Barrett Strong, Norman Whitfield. You had uh, Astrid Simpson. You had, uh, like you said, you know his name? Well, I mean, you cannot mention the talent. And these, you know what? I, was, I never understood Billy. This is my question. It's like uh, the, the, those hits, like you know, the the groups from Motown, especially in the in the '60s up to the early '70s. They wrote the songwriters wrote the songs, and they sang it like Smokey wrote "My Girl." Okay, right. Like, it, it, to me, the the singers that that interpreted the songs, like the way the Temptations did all those hits, the way the Supremes, the way the Tops, the way the Contours, the way all those the songs that the songwriters wrote to me, shows the talent of the singers of the song as opposed to the talent. I mean, also the talent of the songwriter. But, I mean, the way David Ruffin sings, I wish it would rain. Come on, you can feel it. You can feel this pain in that song. You know what I mean? How he's feeling. Yeah. You don't want to go outside exactly. wishing it would rain so you can hide the tears. And I, right. I've always been amazed by that. that that's always the way, they, the, way the, the groups interpret the songs and how well they do it. To me, that just shows their true talent. It does. You know, it, it was another
2: there. singer, and I don't know if she was Motown, but do you guys remember Billie Holiday? Because she was a jazz. Oh yeah, yeah. Singer,
3: yeah.
2: Strange yeah. yeah. Fruit, yeah. Now
3: one of the greatest songs ever made. Mm-hmm. Okay. Strange
2: Fruit, she yeah. she was. They used to talk about her all the time.
5: You know, you
4: know. yeah, yep. mhm, well, I'll she tell you another this. thing too, yeah, she's amazing, but I'll tell you yeah. another thing too. a lot of times these writers um would specifically for the artist or the the group, you know what I'm saying and, and uh-huh. you have to do that away that's why I like Ray because Ray was so he knew my style, um, but, and yeah. at that time uh-huh. when I was dealing with Jeff. Jeff really wasn't a singer-singer, so when you get a new song, uh, it's something that you have to, you know, when you want to figure out the pattern, then you have to have the person basically that wrote the song what they're seeing in there, what they're hearing in their, their head, and then you can right. work from there. And that's what was so good about Ray being a great producer, him being a singer. It's like okay, this house laid out, and you put your own feel on it. You see what I'm saying? And then sometimes it just mm-hmm. comes natural. You know, and other times like, okay, maybe it's a little struggle. Um, but I know that when I did Hurry Don't You Wait, it just it was it was like almost a one take situation with that. You know what I'm saying? Because I just felt it. I just felt it and that's the most important thing. That's why I like doing ballots because it's the feeling that you get as for me. Right. You know, when I when I wanna mm-hmm. write something mentally in my head, I need to be by myself. I need to be I used to go to the park in Grand Rapids that I played ball at. I'd go down there at midnight right. and just walk through the park and just start creating, creating, and just keep on singing, just keep on singing so I lock it in. Then it's locked in. So then I have that for the next project. I'd actually leave Lansing right. just to go home, just to go down there to, to visit. Then in the evening time, just go to the park and just, you know, I just felt, and I need to embrace that again. Because that's where I find that I am more creative. I'm also creative uh-huh. here but I'm more creative if i at home in Grand Rapids, you know, just to go to Rumsey Park and just just think and just come up with ideas for music. So
2: Right. That's and the way I do. You know, the stress will interfere with that if you're stressed out. It is good. I mean yeah. you know, with with you writing those songs they relaxed yeah yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah. you got to be relaxed you know got to be open quiet and it's so yeah. quiet that way, so i don't have any any eruptions and interruptions rather so that's well, what you, think. Know, like, right. you know right
3: when you were talking about the songs because smokey wrote i think fifty five, fifty six. he wrote who's loving you and he yep. recorded it you know, they recorded it. He recorded it. But he said everybody, he said after the J-5 did it, Michael did it, everybody said, you know, we we'll say to Smokey in concert, why are you singing Michael Jackson's song? He said, I wrote that song before Michael Jackson was even born. That was before 50 I wrote that song. That's my song, you know. Thank but, uh, you. But yeah. Michael interpreted yeah. I like the way Michael interpreted that song. You know, everybody does. I mean, he really, yeah. it was just like David with I Wish It Would Rain, you know, or uh, Beauty's Only yeah. Skin Deep. You know, you can hear, I mean, it's like, mm. and now right now i got beauties on the skin deep in my head. I'm, I'm, I'm the music is going, because I mean, you just, those songs are just unbeatable. You can put those songs, on, like I tell people, like uh, the Jacksons, Shake Your Body Down to the Ground from the Jacksons album when they left, when they went to CBS Epic. Uh, you can put Shake Your Body Down to the Ground on, in a club or a bar or whatever right now, and people will be like, oh, get up and jam. You know, or 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 a song like um, "Genius of Love" by the Tom Tom Club. You know, you can drop those yep. on, or Howard Johnson, "So Fine." Those songs, you know, right. just, to me, it's it, it, they're they're endless. They're 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 timeless because right. how you felt when that song originally hit. You know, oh man, I tell you, my song is "Sparkle" by Cameo. Now, uh, oh, oh man, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. one of my classic slow <laughs> jams. If you, if I if I hear that drop, if I hear Sparkle by Cameo drop, then you the big fella is on his thing. That's like Hey, <laughs> hey girl, come in. Let me wanna throw drag, you know, hey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's all, yeah. you know. So uh, to me it's he like they, they the yeah. way they, the way he interpreted Who's Loving You, man, I mean, you know, Smokey wrote that, he said he wrote that in what yeah, fifty six. Fifty 56. 55, right. 56. And Michael was born in 58, so he wrote that before Michael was ever even born, you know? But Michael took mm-hmm. it to another another level, you know? Oh, my That's God. Enough. Just yeah. like, uh, I'll tell you another song, like uh, uh, Princess, Nothing Compares to You. He wrote it and oh, recorded goodness. it oh. first, and then Sinead uh-huh. O'Connor recorded it, and it went oh,
5: yeah. double,
3: quadruple platinum. I mean, her version, yeah, if you she listen did, to his version, yeah. her version sounds different from his. But, you know, yeah. that's a Prince song. The Bangles, Manny Monday, wrote that, that one. Uh, I mm-hmm. was, now, what about... Khan,
2: now, TJ, what, yeah. about, um, what about um, Dolly Parton and Whitney Houston? I'll Always Love oh, You. yes, definitely. Because oh, yeah. I'll tell
3: you something. That was in, Remember that movie, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, with Burt Rooms? That song, right. uh-huh. said, they did that. She did, recorded it for that movie, that soundtrack, boom. And it was a mega country. I mean, it was a massive... We remember it was a massive country hit. Then Whitney got yeah. a hold of it and it just went quadruple platinum. I mean, it just bla- I mean, it just hits you hits you like a baseball bat to the back of the head. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the, and the way she interpreted yeah. the way the way she interpreted that song, just the, the nuances and the, the feeling of the song, you know, she hit the nail on the head with it. To me, that shows the consummate professional. You know, I mean every time yeah. I hear it, it was, I, said I, was, I was just was listening Hurry Don't You Wait the other day. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. Yeah. I can think back. I I remember when I, I remember, Denise, I remember when I dropped that on air. I remember when Jay Price and I decided, say, hey, Uh Goldie's got a song. This is what we're going to do. This is what, was in heavy rotation here. We're going to do it. So we did it. And the first time I heard it, Bobby Adams played it for me in his house. The first time I heard it, I said, man, that's a bad song. And he goes, that's your boy that Goldie. That is a, that is said, a very good song. I heard him sing. No, no, I had heard him sing before, and I heard his voice, but I didn't know that he, because he had said he was working on this song, this, you know, album, this song, this song. you I didn't know that it was exactly him. And then I heard it, you know, once I listened the second time, I was like, that is Goldie. That's a bad jam. Remember Goldie? I told you that. I said, man, this song yep. is right, yep. dude. Yep. Well, it was, you know, amazing. there's
2: more songs for you to do, Billy, because
3: <laughs> there's yeah.
2: more. There's a reason. I
4: got it. So. It's coming. And that's why God has put me in this path with everybody that I'm connected with. And I would yes. say it's yes. we. It's a weak situation. We make it happen. So this is what we're oh, going to yes. do. We're going to go to a commercial break in just a second here. But yep. I want to let the audience, in the audience know that you are listening to Billy and Billy uh on the uh chat with uh motown alumni motown. and uh we will go to commercial break and we'll be right back for the last part of the show Yes. Yeah.
6: hello and shalom chat realers this is dr denise balcada metaphysician philosopher and psychotherapist i am one of the hosts right. of the chat room with billion I'm also the host of the Black Jewish Queen live chat. I am here to announce another good friend of Billy Tappan and Friends, the writer of The Matrix and Terminator, the original oracle herself. sci-fi writer, Oscar and award-winning Sophia Stewart. Did you know that Sophia Stewart has a lineup of fantastic books available? especially for those who love and enjoyed her written work of the Matrix and the Terminator movies. If you love these movies, you will love her book. Her latest book is quite exciting for those who love the Matrix. It is called The Evolution of Conscious, Matrix 4. That is The Evolution of Conscious, Matrix 4. In this book, Sophia Stewart talks about... Cracking the Genetic Code. This is a must-read for those who love The Matrix and The Terminator. I am happy to announce this book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble bookstore. It's also a recommended book on Goodreads along with her other best-selling five-star books.
5: Number 1,
6: The Third Eye, Number 2, The Mother of the Matrix. Number three, Matrix Trivia, all written by Sophia Stewart. These books are popular, and they are selling fast. Order your copy today. Don't forget, Sophia Stewart's books are available on Amazon, sold at your local Barnes & Noble bookstores. You can even purchase her book on Goodreads. You can also visit her webpage at thetruthaboutmatrix.com. That is... TheTruthAboutMatrix.com Order doors before supply runs out. The choice is yours. The blue pill or the red pill. Chat with you soon, little people. Bye-bye.
1: RS radio the knowledge station you are listening to Motown legends and alumni with Billy and Billy
4: and we are back for the last part of the show I hope everybody's enjoying um, the show this evening uh, we are discussing and talking about Motown Act and we are Motown uh, Motown alumni um, our other host is out um, on business so we are here with uh tj jackson and as well as Hello. as well as our friend denise gutatis and we are uh, going yes, to get back here. into the conversation <laughs> um we are just we're talking back and forth about a lot of different a lot of different artists um and as we left off the air we we're talking about um, a lot of the uh, old school artists that Ashley, uh, Ashley did a lot of remarkable things in their careers. So, TJ, yeah. if you want to pick up or, or Denise, pick up, and let's go ahead and uh, take us oh, out TJ. on Oh, so. <laughs> TJ.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I forgot. I was remiss in one artist. Jeffrey Osborne, LTD. Now, yeah. Yep, Jeffrey Osborne, you know, he just turned 75 in March. And, wow. Uh,
5: oh.
3: he, uh he's still touring. He's still doing a great job. He he's in great shape, looking good. Jeffrey is the man. But L T D that was yeah. one of my groups. L T D, the Delphonics, the Dells, the Dramatics, the uh uh Blue Magic, um uh the enchantment, uh all <laughs> those, groups, those those are my groups, man. <laughs> you know, and and they all had a hell of a run. It's, uh you know, they all did a great job and everything, but I saw him on the interview show uh, Tank does with Jay Valentine, and uh, they were talking to Jeffrey Osborne, and that's how I found out that he turned seventy-five in March. He's still touring. He says Hi. that there are more fans out there. He has to sing more LTD songs than his own hits because that's what the crowd wants. And he said, and they're younger. He said he notices that his crowd is getting younger, but they still dig the LTD because it's timeless. You can't, great songs are great songs. Really, that's why, you know, I harp on you. You know, I don't mean to bust your chops about uh, uh, Hurry, Don't You Wait and the other jams. But timeless, great songs are timeless, you know, and they're good. And and, and you have great feelings. Like I remember how I felt when this song did that or that song did this. You know, those are uh, my kind of groups, you know, LTD, the Barkays, Cameo definitely cameo i mean hey hey, feel me oh man tell me about it you know that album nights of the sound table that was a blockbuster man i mean i tell you that was right on time but you know i mean that hey you know and then you know we can't forget about the big the super like rick james rick james said he had he tried to outdo uh all the other groups that had he said that's why his shows got bigger and bigger with pyrotechnics and stuff they all tried to outdo each other fire. Rick James, you know uh, all those groups at that time that were that had the big massive numbers in the groups and that were you know trying to put on the best stage show possible to give their audience and their fans the utmost uh, you know their talent uh, you know I mean that, you can you cannot shake a stick at it you know uh, at one point, my daughters I have four daughters, and when they were younger yeah, they used to say they used to ask me, "Dad, do you have any songs?" made before the early 90s do you have any music that you <laughs> that wasn't made <laughs> before the early 90s i said no i said let me tell you something and it's good and as we come up through the 80s i got into the you know once we hit the 90s i got into groups like drew hill jodicey is one of my favorite groups of all time kc and jojo right on time devante Dalvin. so drew hill um uh, uh mint condition you know i mean those, those to me those groups were you know, just just phenomenal, and they still are. You know, I mean, it's great. Uh, Mint condition, Stokely. Uh, you know, they they had that one jam. Nothing left to say recently. Man, I tell you, uh-huh. it's right on time. But you cannot, to me, now boys you to cannot, men. Yeah, boys to men, another great group. You know, I, hey, you can't beat that either with a stick. That boys to men, right on time. You know, end of the road. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't know end of the oh, road? Yeah. You know, <laughs> who doesn't go in the bathroom when they're in the shower? You know, although we've come to the end of the road. You know, I mean, come on, that song is Well, that song. You know, um, first to say goodbye to it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to hear. You know, that's actually from that's actually from the movie Cooley High Harmony that was on that soundtrack. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll try uh, you. What go his name was in Franklin's ex-husband was in that movie, and Lawrence Hilton-Jacobs. Oh, huh. But uh, Glenn Terman, Glenn Turman and Lawrence Hilton-Jacobs were in that movie, Cooley High Harmony, and uh, uh, it's so hard to say goodbye. To Yesterday was on that soundtrack in that movie.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, as we go through um, the seventies, all the way
4: up. Um, the, I think the music explosion started in the oh, well, in the I'll
3: '70s because we're getting music Isaac
4: from all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it. I think it took off, like Came I said, in FIFA? '70s all the way up till about yeah. the '90s. Then music yeah. started transitioning over um, to a different yeah. type of a feel. So um, yeah. now here we are, but everything is yeah. trying to revert back now because, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have some some um, some love. In this world, the you know, and the music is what people hold on to, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you yeah. got to at some point in time recognize that this is the foundation of it all, and you're right about that. So I think what yeah. we're seeing here is is the everything's reverting back again, and it's going to still have a little feel, just like jazz changed up to a little bit of R&B feel, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then now you've got uh, R&B, more of like a hip-hop type R&B, and that's all good. Mm-hmm. And then you have some Mm -hmm. that will come and do R&B, you know what I'm saying? Now, when I come back with a project, it's going to have probably like an R&B feel on some songs, but then I'm going to go direct R&B on them, you know what I'm saying? So it's a matter of just keeping up with the time, you know what I'm saying? The times is the more important issue, but you can't stray away from what truly is uh, of God. You know, you got to show the love. You got to shine
2: that light. It seemed like, Billy, it
4: seemed like,
2: yeah, yeah, it seemed like, you know, in the beginning, when everybody, you know, in Motown, when when it started being really, really, really big in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, it seemed like people paid attention to their lyrics, the words that they used and said. And then things started going down to the gutter with music. And then now, it's coming up again, like you said, people are paying attention to what they're singing about and everything, and I hope it continues to snowball that way.
4: Let me give you an example real quick, how music was back then. You can actually literally undress a, a woman in a song, and it'll be done it'll be done just you know as nothing you know what I'm saying? But you know you can. Yeah, but you in your mind, you know, it wasn't any kind of a uh, crazy madness going on in your mind. But you knew exactly what they were talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in the ground. ground. It's, it's, yeah. Yes. But now yeah. they take it right from you know, right straight did, to the bro. bed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you had the, right. it was kind of uh, the moments of them them times. Man will never change because that's the way it was, and it allows you to use your imagination. You know, and that oh, was yeah. the most greatest thing in the world is to imagine yeah. you're sitting there with the, the the woman that you think you love, you know what I'm saying, or you love, <laughs> and you're hearing right. this, this music, and you're hearing the lyrics, and it just is so, it's so wonderful. And that's when we yeah. laugh. We laugh
5: at that. Mm, so we have to get love, back, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, he's
3: down her. on his knees, begging to see mm. you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's, I it's think, so you know, much
2: and so many artists. I mean the Pointer sisters, I mean it yeah. was yeah. the Pointer sisters, Lionel Richie, Queen Latifah, Rockwell, you know, Shanice,
3: mm-hmm. It's it's you know, going and, forward. And I'll give you a Brian McKnight. The female, they called they called it a female Johnny Taylor, uh Millie Jackson. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Brian McKnight. Steven now up. he could sing. Is he could
3: sing one of the really greatest arrangers mm-hmm. in the history of music. One of the greatest arrangers in the history of music, Brian McKnight. You yeah, know, I, no. I, I heard. I heard. I heard. Uh, I heard some producers put that tag on him. It um, wasn't he in commission or Take Six, one of those groups. I think he got to start uh, with, one of them. Were he was Commission. I don't know who he was.
4: I met days? them on a. Yeah. This is what was ironic. I met Commission on a flight going to California, and seen him mm-hmm. again on a flight coming back from California. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> Marvin Sapp was a part of that group. I know from out of Grand yeah. Rapids. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Now Brian McKnight. I don't know. But uh, I think it was yeah. 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 So. Um, who I like though mm-hmm. I like um, S.O.S. band. Um, oh, I've oh, loved wow. them, man.
3: Oh, don't get me started on uh, uh, Mary Davis. Oh man, I got a little excited. <laughs> let, me, let me slow my roll. Yeah. Let me slow my roll. Big brother got a little excited. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, S.O.S. Oh, okay. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced them, by the way. Taboo, you know what? Avon. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis was their <laughs> producer. That's how they got fired from uh, the time. They got snowed in uh-huh. in Atlanta. And Prince Prince told them he didn't, well, he originally told them he didn't want them doing side projects. But they right. thought they could make uh-huh. it down there and make it back without Prince getting in trouble. And they got right. a freak snowstorm. Atlanta got snowed in the airport. They couldn't get out of there and get back to Minneapolis. And Prince let them go. Fired, boo, On the spot. Yeah. Ooh.
4: Well, they're amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. They were producing groups. the
3: SOS album. Clarence Avon, the Godfather. They call him the Godfather. Uh,
4: <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well,
3: I I love them.
4: I might do a rendition of uh, one of their songs. i uh, just kind oh, okay. of contemplating on that. You know. So mm-hmm. there's a few of them that I'm contemplating on, but um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, like I, I said, I'm ready.
3: Jason Bryant. Well, oh, no, we man, are going to We're going to be looking for We're going to be looking for some yeah. more
2: albums.
4: <laughs> yeah. cuz well, that's you know, pretty like cool. Said, we're going to have a few people on the tracks. Um of course, we're going to have uh, uh my artist lyrically, she will be on um uh, a couple songs on that movie track. And uh I'll have a couple of, of artists on there. Um, that are going to be, you know, um, up and coming. And then I have some right. ones that I'm going to have that are, are um, royalty acts that will be on there. I don't care about any of the publishing. I just want the tracks on there. So i got to get, get clearance for that. But uh, it's all right. going to be good. It's going to be a good project. Uh, the album, I guarantee you, as soon as I get the right producer, it's going to be a smash. And i got somebody in mind right now um, that I think will work. So we're gonna we're yes. gonna take it there. So we've got yes, uh, and about, the we've got about ten minutes left to go. Yes, and, uh, and I... I guess we can you do our last words, you know, some closing uh, statements. Of okay. What well, you have the to come wonderful next thing week.
2: about yeah, the next oh, go the ahead. next the next person that we have on schedule, but. I think the wonderful thing about um, all of the programs and all the shows, it's giving independent music artists a chance, you know, Mm -hmm. to be discovered and to, um, you know, to be a part of make their dreams come true. In other words, that's what I think about Mm -hmm. this. I think everything is so great.
3: Denise. And if I could piggyback on that and also, to give them a fair shake and not for lack of a better term, uh, threw them over. You know what I mean, Billy? Steal their intellectual property yeah. or make them you know, like Prince, don't have I don't want to see the artist writing slave on their face no more. I want them to have a fair shake and equal ground to do their music, to, to get their intellectual property out there and let's just see how it rolls. None of that none of that rigmarole as I call it, or that background okey doke stuff. We're done with all that. You know, this is a yeah, new venue. I'm right. proud of you guys. I'm proud of my fellow staff members, my fellow show members. And, you know, we need this. And, and, and society needs this because there's yes. more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. But this is the correct way. We've got to get the independents out there, and we have to stand behind them, their true artistry.
4: Yes. And yes, we are looking for definitely.
3: all aspects. of of
4: entertainment, uh, actors. uh, We're looking for independent artists, singers, um, little hip-hop, but not the hardcore stuff. You know, we're looking for some positivity um, with our network. So CRS Radio, uh, in in conjunction with uh, Gabriel Entertainment, this is what we're about. We're about enlightening the world. We're about bringing on the independents so they have a place and a home. So other than that, Anybody has the last words? Uh,
1: well, yeah. I just got – well,
4: well,
3: well, go ahead, okay, Denise, ahead. you go ahead
4: go first. Ahead. <laughs> oh, well,
1: no, I was just
2: going to say, uh, remind everybody about Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, you have Comedy Chat with Danny Red Wine, And Buddy Love is coming from Detroit's comedy scene. So if you're having your lunch Friday, you're at your job – Tune in on Amazon the radio, and you could get CRS Radio that way, and you could listen in to Comedy Chat. It'll brighten up your day.
3: All right, and, and uh, uh, yeah. just wanted, uh, just I uh, wanted to say Wednesdays, Wednesdays at nine, the uh, Jazz yes. Chat, Mister Timothy Saxman Cunningham. He's so sexy. You want to tune in and hear that too, right here on CRS Radio, the Knowledge Station. And also, I just wanted to let everybody know, if you're looking to dress to impress, the Lansing's House of Style is for you. Located at 1122 West Holmes Road, Suite 7 in the Logan Square Shopping Center at South MLK. Ask for shotgun to receive 10% off. Tell them you heard it on CRS Radio, the knowledge station.
4: All right. Wow. And we're out of here. And
3: everybody have a
4: blessed night day, morning. Be blessed, everybody, and we'll see you next week.
2: And let's take it out with your song. That wonderful that song is. we just heard.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Goldy love. Brody love. Yeah. yeah. Brody love.
0: Hey, baby. What are you going to do? I can't
3: wait for long. I can't
0: wait for but I just want to say this to you, it's you that I need, and
4: this is what I have to say.
0: Since we've been together, oh, we sit together like hands.